Hey guys, I'm Laurel Turner. I'm the host of the review here at KCSU Fort Collins, and I'm also one of the producers. Um, some time ago in early September, I had the opportunity to interview a man by the name of Woldazian Mazgina. You probably haven't heard of him, and that's perfectly fine. He is the president of a company based here in Fort Collins called NRCE. And Wold and his people, they reached out to us at KCSU because Wold had published a book that they thought was worth sharing. And they were right. Um, but in order to understand the impact and, and frankly, the really cool parts of, of this book that he wrote, it's very important to understand who Wold is. Uh, my parents were uh, small rural farmers and ranchers. However, uh, although I, you know we had a village, we were living outside of a village about 10-15 uh, kilometers out of uh, the village because uh, we were ranchers also, not only farmers but also ranchers. Sometime in when I was close to uh, six years old. I was uh, tending, like anyone else, goats, and uh, I was running uh, on a hill, and I fell down. And when I fell down, I shattered my uh, right knee. And because of that uh, problem, uh, I went home. They took me home, and they tried to uh, cure me using uh, village medicines and so on because there were no uh, health centers in the village and even in the nearby areas. I was there for quite a while and it took uh, three months before they have to take me to uh, the hospital. And uh, I went to the hospital and of course uh, my parents went with me. And, and um, when the doctor saw, the Italian doctor saw, uh, my uh, knee, he said, this is uh, quite damaged. And uh, that he, he says that the only way to save my life is by amputating my leg, my right leg completely. And uh, my parents, except my mother, you know, agreed. They told him, you are the expert, so there is nothing we can say. But my mother said, no, you're not going to do that. You have to try first try to save my son because my son is going to be a farmer and a rancher and he has to work 14, 15 hours a day. And um, if, if, he is, uh, if he amputate him, he will be unable to do the kind of work that waits for him in the village and his peers will, uh, you know, will laugh at him. And uh, one day, I'm sure, if he's amputated, um, he's going to commit suicide and uh, you have to try your best. If you can't do it, please tell me I will take my son back with me and try whatever I have been trying to do. And the uh, doctor could not believe the, de the determination of my mother. And finally he said, okay, I'll try. And he tried for over 10 hours. And he finally, you know, did not amputate my leg. And uh, I can still jog and uh, not running, but I can still jog and I think a few miles per day and I'm in good health right now. But what happened at that time, 
when I went to Asmara, you know, um, I was staying for a short time after I left the hospital, after three months. And, you know, uh, my aunt said, I mean, maybe you should live with that. You have to go to school. But I said, no, I'm going back to my village. I will tend my goats and my uh, livestock. When I went there back to my village, my parents found out that uh, I was not uh, fully prepared as a person to do the kind of work necessary in the countryside. And um, they finally decided when I was about seven years old to take me back to Asmara. And I went to school and one after the other, you know, to cut it short, uh, after uh, three years at the university in uh, Addis Ababa, you know, I went from Eritrea to Ethiopia for college. I got a scholarship here in the United States and uh, I came to Cornell University in 1970 and uh, got my uh, BS and MS there at uh, Cornell. And uh, I also received my PhD, and that was in civil engineering. Uh, my undergraduate was more or less in structural uh, civil engineering, and my uh, graduate or master's degree was in hydraulic engineering. This story of Wold's, this powerful, vulnerable story, it's inspired all of his work, whether it's his company, uh, NRCE, and all the amazing work they do with irrigation systems, or it's his work with Native American water rights, serving as an expert witness for the United States government. And more recently, he's produced a book. It's entitled How Sub-Saharan Africa Can Achieve Food Security. It's essentially a detailed, thought-out guide for how to alleviate the poverty in SSA that is only growing with time. First of all, I am from Sub-Saharan Africa, and uh, I need to do a payback for the origin of myself, uh, because my origins are from Sub-Saharan Africa, and I need to help Sub-Saharan Africans. I have learned a lot here in the United States, tremendous experience, especially working with Indian tribes. Uh, we are currently working for more than 35 Indian tribes in their water rights and water resources development. And that has, you know, helped me, prepared me to understand both water resources development and uh, irrigated agriculture and also productivity in agriculture. And also the amount of time that I have worked in Africa and I have seen uh, many parts of Africa. But the main reason is really uh, what is going on in Sub-Saharan Africa today. And that is there is uh, tremendous poverty in Sub-Saharan Africa. And I'm very concerned about the poverty in Sub-Saharan Africa. And I want to give my assistance to the people and governments in Sub-Saharan Africa, the knowledge that have acquired. And I really believe that Sub-Saharan Africa can become uh, sufficient uh, in food and it can achieve food security and it even can go beyond food security uh, into uh, light industrialization. It is only, I believe that only when Sub-Saharan Africa reaches its economy, growth, the growth of its economy into uh, 
what you call sustainable food security cannot really take place unless these countries, the sub-Saharan African countries, can ascend their economy to the initial stages of light industrialization. And it's important to note that this problem isn't just about making more food. That would eventually crash the economies found in sub-Saharan Africa. It's also about growing the entire economy and culture of the subcontinent. And Wold highlights a few categories in his book, and these are categories of things that are endemic to the culture that, that actually cause these problems. They are uncontrolled and rapid population growth, lack of agricultural production, and lack of proper resource management. All of these factor into and directly affect the historically extreme poverty of the subcontinent. But as Wald himself points out, the poverty situation hasn't always just been in Africa. It's just that over time, it's gotten worse. Mindful of this situation, leaders of the world get together and agreed upon and committed tremendous amount of resources to free many of the uh, developing countries, to free their population from uh, extreme poverty. In fact, in 2000, they agreed that they would cut extreme poverty. I mean, that is leaders of the world agreed that they will cut extreme poverty through an organization that they created called uh, Millennium Development Goals. They will cut extreme poverty by half uh, the extreme poverty that existed in 1990 by half by 2015. So that was the goal, to cut it by half the extreme poverty that existed in 1990 by 2015. And technically speaking, they met that goal just not for Africa. And that's what Dr. Mezgina's book addresses. The simple truth of the matter is that population growth, lack of agricultural production, and lack of resource management, these are fixable things. Whether it be through improved education, better farming practices, and perhaps smarter management of water and livestock, the models and perspectives provided in Wold's book have great potential and that should not be overlooked. And in order to implement his grand vision for a better sub-Saharan Africa in the future, Wald suggests that a lot of this burden should fall onto the governments. How do you implement this? To implement this, uh, I propose what I call a rural development authority. This Rural Development Authority is part of the government and it has to be a ministry or even higher than a ministry because it is going to administer really 60-70% of the population in the rural countryside. Dr. Mezgina's book, How Sub-Saharan Africa Can Achieve Food Security, is available for purchase online and on Amazon. For anyone interested or passionate, about perspectives on how agriculture is integral to Africa, how farming practices can be better engineered, or how a positive future for Africa might become reality, I highly recommend it. I want to thank Dr. Mezgina again for interviewing with me, 
And you can check out all of my work and a full interview with Dr. Mezgina on kcsufm.com and on our SoundCloud page. I'm Laurel Turner from The Review, and uh, you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. This is the Rocky Mountain Review News Show.